Welcome back into the great Scott show. ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. Rage of Cajun football, the spring game. This Saturday is their spring culminates over at Cajun Field. Here to talk to us about some Cajun football, how it's been, what to expect, and more is the head coach of Louisiana, former captain and quarterback, now the man running the show over there, riding a uh, long win streak heading into next season, Coach Michael Desimo. Good morning, Coach. How are you on this Wednesday? Good morning, Scott. I'm doing well, man. How are you? I'm great. I'm great, man. And uh, with, with the spring game coming up Saturday, my first question for you, I was thinking about it. You know, you've been through a lot of spring games. You've been through a lot of spring practices in your life. This is your first one as, as the head coach at UL. Did you, as the head coach, did you learn anything new this spring, or has it kind of been what you what you expected, having you know experienced plenty in the past? I mean, it was kind of what I what I expected for the most part. You know, um, you know, it was actually kind of funny. The one thing is, I don't I don't know how long. I mean, I, I've had like you said quite a few springs. I don't know that we've ever had to cancel a practice, and we had to you know this spring because we had those the severe weather days where we canceled school. So. So I guess that was new uh, that they kind of moved the schedule around a little bit. You know, we're all creatures of habit. You get so locked into, so we had to adjust some things there. But, you know, I mean, really nothing, nothing really crazy new, you know, just kind of being flexible and adjusting, you know, with the, uh, with the weather changes a little bit. Yeah. Um, when, when you look up and down the roster, I guess I'll get this one out of the way now. From a health standpoint, have there been any big setbacks in the spring or have you guys kind of avoided the big ones? Well, you know, spring is always one of those deals. It's like it's like a double-edged sword. It's like you're so excited to get out there and practice, and it's so good to get back to football, and you want to see what next year's team looks like. And at the same time, you are absolutely terrified that somebody gets hurt. Um, you know, and that's, you know, it's, just, it's like you're playing with fire a little bit there. Um, you know, throughout spring we did have – we got three guys that, that did get hurt for, you know, for the entirety of spring, um, you know, with Landon Burton, which is, you know, disappointing, you know, you're always disappointed for the kids personally, but, you know, I mean, Landon was really, you know, kind of owning that starting center role. Um, so, you know, we got a plan to get him back for fall camp, but obviously that's still significant time. Um, you know, Kendrell Williams, the freshman running back, he's going to be out for the season next year, um, which is, which is, you know, Again, you're just devastated for him um, just because he's worked so hard and he really had a good spring. Um, and then Rhett Guidry uh, yesterday, uh, sounds like he uh, broke his collarbone, so he'll be out for the rest of spring. He'll be back, you know, some point in the summer. Which, you know, I mean, again, all those guys, like you just see them making progress and you're so excited to see them out there and working and practicing and getting better. And then, you know, they get hurt and, and you're always kind of, you know, kind of playing what ifs, you know, could you have done some things differently, you know, but it's just the nature of it a little bit. Yeah, nature of the game, man. Um, it happens, and I know you mentioned Landon Burton. From an O-line standpoint, we've talked a lot about heading into the spring knowing you weren't going to have a few guys that, that you do plan on having in the fall, but they were still recovering. Is that going to alter right. uh, Saturday at all in the Vermilion and White spring game? Do you have to do things a little differently um, because yeah. of, of that? Yeah, it, it it definitely altered Saturday. Um, you know, kind of went back through our notes from the last four years. Uh, 
well, I guess really three, you know, in 2020, obviously we didn't have spring, but, um, you know, last year was easy, you know, full roster, especially you had all the COVID seniors. So, I mean, we went and played a full game, you know, no problems. Um, but we've had to kind of adjust before. So what we're going to do is, is basically, you know, the bulk of the work is done. You know, the, the spring bank game is a culmination of, of, of everything, but it, it's certainly, you know, people always ask, well, does a spring game determine this or that? And it's like, no. You know, the 15 practices, including the spring game, determine how things work. Um, so for us, you know, it's it's fun because it's the end of spring. It's a fun day for the kids. They get to go out there. you got some fans in the stands, and you get to go and kind of cut loose and have a good time. But, you know, we're not going to go out there and go play a full game just for the sake of doing it and risk injuring more of our guys. You know, we're going to be smart with it. Um, we're going to – obviously, it'll be live. Uh, but we're going to play some situations to start with, you know, so we'll have a first down period and we'll kind of explain the rules and the point system. Then we'll play a third down team period. Um, then we'll do what we call our red zone lockout period, which you're playing for points, uh, you know, offense against defense, obviously in all these situations. Um, then we'll do a little halftime. And then after that, we'll come out and we'll play a quarter um, of a game and we'll go out there and go play for a quarter and, and cut it loose for, you know, for 15 minutes and see where we end up. But, uh, yeah, I mean, as far as for a full game, that there's just, you know, just in, in my gut, that just tells me that that wouldn't be the right thing for our kids. ESPN Lafayette, best ticket in sports. Well, Coach, tell me, I guess, um, what the best part of spring has been. What, what's been the most positive aspect of uh, the last month and, you know, heading into this Saturday? Oh, man, so so much good stuff. You know what I mean? obviously young guys, right? Like they finally, for the first time, feel like there's, there's, there's life in there. They feel like, okay, I've got a chance to compete right here. The opportunity exists for me to come in here and, and earn a spot in this team. And you see so many of these young kids doing it from these young DBs that have been, I mean, really just buried behind really good players, right. To the young running backs to, uh, you know, shoot these young D linemen and linebackers, you know, all these positions where, you know, yeah, you, you lost some really good players and, you know, of course it's concerning when you go into it, but you know that you've done a good job. You've recruited the right kind of kids. You've recruited good players. And now it's just, it's their turn. Um, so that, that's the most fun part without a doubt is, is you see the competition, you see the spirit out there and you see them doing it. And then, you know, you get to the older guys and, you know, some of these guys that have been around here and play a long time, they've sat behind. I mean, you know, you go back to, to last year. I mean, Levi Lewis was here for five years and the guy played every single year he was here. You know, um, that's, that's unheard of, you know, Chauncey Manak is a junior college transfer and he was here for four years. Um, it, it's just, it was an unprecedented time, um, with COVID and all those things. Um, so you had a lot of guys that on our, on our team right now that they've been playing a lot, but they haven't had to lead the team because they've had older guys in front of them. Um, so, you know, those guys are getting their first opportunity to lead, and, and it's a heck of a leadership group that we have. I mean, they've done a great job with it, and it's it's a group that I think they're they're up for the challenge. They know the standard, and and um, they kind of understand the mission that we're trying to, you know, trying to continue here. Louisiana head coach Michael Desimo, our guest. Vermilion and White spring game this Saturday at Cajun Field. Admission is free. 11 a.m. is when it'll get started. And, um, Coach, uh, I know that – You've said, look, it's it's not so much the game; it's the fifteen practices and and the game, right? The spring game matters, but right. if you take yeah. 
you know, you, you don't if if you if you go to the spring game, you don't want to take I guess a a major takeaway because you haven't been able I guess as a, as a spectator unless you're you know on the staff or with the team been able to see all fifteen practices. So I imagine you want to see something slightly different on Saturday than what you see in practice. There's a few things that are different. I, I guess it's an inexact response probably to this question, Coach, but how much do you just put into the game itself? Because you, you made a point earlier to say, look, it's 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 kind of the practices. So what what do you take away from the game that you wouldn't be able to take away from the spring practices? You know, I think the thing that you that you get and it's not just the spring game, but it, it's it's the Saturday practices. You know, the last two Saturdays, even before the spring game, where we've taken the coaches off the field, right? And it's, you know, it's a full operation, right? You call the plays, you call the defense, you call the offense, you signal it in. They have to communicate the signal. They have to communicate the call. You know, on, on Tuesday, Thursday practices, our coaches are kind of on the field and, you know, we're, we're trying to facilitate the practice, right? You're installing things in the middle of the week. So, you know, you're telling them, you know, might be telling the quarterback, hey, you know, it's no, it's this protection, right? You know, set them over here. You know, uh, the linebackers coaches communicating, you know, the motion adjustment and things like that. So the thing that, that you really get is you see the guys that really, really know it and that can communicate and can can play it all out, you know, whenever all the coaches are off the field. And I think that's something that that's huge, um, you know, as far as tackling, though, people say, well, you find out who can tackle. Well, I mean, I mean, we, we pretty much tackle every day the way we practice. You know, we don't go to the ground, but, you know, we we thud people up and we actually, you know, we get a stop, you know. So it's not – that, to me, is not a big deal, um, you know. And as far as for, you know, the game-like atmosphere, you really can't replace that until you get to a game anyway. So I think the biggest thing is that whenever you get all these coaches off the field, you just let these guys go. Um, that's where it's kind of like an equalizer and who really understands it and who's getting coaching cues to be able to make it work a little bit. Coach Michael Desmar, guest. It's the great Scott Show, ESPN Lafayette. Coach, when you played, was there, I guess, an off-season or a spring where you felt like you made a big jump? Or if, if it wasn't the spring, what moment do you feel like when you were a player did you make sort of your biggest jump in the game where things started to make more sense? You know, it was kind of, I mean, it, it had to have been the spring before my junior year. Um, you know, whenever I was a freshman, you know, before my sophomore year or after my redshirt freshman year, you know, I, I was the backup quarterback and there was really no questions about it. You know, there was, there was never an open competition. Um, you know, Jerry Babb was quarterback then and he'd been starting before I got there. And, and so he was a starter and that was that. And so, you know, I got some reps with the twos, but really, you know, one of the worst things I think was the spring before my sophomore year when they told me that, you know, I'd solidified myself as a backup. They wanted some of these other guys to get reps. So that spring, and I'd, I'd actually just gotten an accident, um, but I was cleared for spring, but I really didn't, I didn't get many reps that spring. I felt like that really hurt me. Um, and then going into my junior year, you know, um, I'd been a backup for two years and all these things. And, you know, I was told that it was a three-way quarterback competition. And if I didn't win it in the spring, then, you know, so be it. It wasn't, but it wasn't my job. So that spring before my junior year, you know, I went from really the year before kind of thinking I made it a little bit and not having a whole lot to do, which was probably detrimental to all of a sudden. It's like you're fighting for your life for a job, which um, 
certainly there was a lot of value in that for me, um, having to compete, having to win the job, and really having to win the team over. So, you know, that was kind of it was kind of like back to back years, but it was kind of like the high and the low. Um, but spring is something that I've always enjoyed. Um, it's like you get that little taste right before you go into off season training, and it, it kind of just, you know, it kind of quenches your thirst a little bit, gets you refocused, gets you ready to go out there, go out there for you know all season summer lifting uh, strength and conditioning, and then kind of you know getting your getting your bearings straight to come back in the fall and go get it. Two follow up questions to that, Coach. One. Having gone through that, now you're the head coach. You, you're the play caller. You work with the quarterbacks closely. How does that? How does your experience, I guess, impact your approach? Right when you're looking at, I guess, when spring started this year, you said, "Listen, we have two guys at quarterback in Chandler Fields and Ben Walrich. That you know, if we had a depth chart today, they might be at the top. But that that doesn't mean that it's it's solidified, right? The other guys, they just hadn't been here as long, so they're not as entrenched in the system. But it's pretty open." So knowing what that position, I guess, represents, how how do you take your experience when it happened and apply it to this spring with all these guys that I'm sure are all they're all itching to play? But you know, it's not like it's not like uh, wide receiver where you could put multiple guys on the field at once. I guess you can a little. I mean, I mean, you and Jerry might have shared, but you get what I'm saying, right? For the most part, yeah. you're just going to have one quarterback out on the field whenever it's whenever it's game day. Yeah. You know, that, that's always tough because, you know, a quarterback, um, you know, really only one's going to play. Even if you have two that you feel really good about. I mean, like you think like what, what we did with Levi and uh, and Nunez a few years ago where it was like, you know, Levi got a couple series, you know, a couple series of games. So it's still not the same. You know what I mean? Still one guy's playing. Um, so it, it's difficult at quarterback, you know, and I think that's why you don't rush the decision at quarterback to make a depth chart. Um because in my mind, if you do that, then you kind of uh, you force the issue, and you know you got to let that thing really play out. Because if you don't, you know, and you don't make, I don't want to say the wrong, you know, I feel really good about what we have in this room, but if you make you know the wrong choice, well, shoot, it could take you weeks to figure it out in the season, or I mean, you may never figure it out because you're really playing one guy. So, you know, at receiver any position, right? You just said receiver. So I'm going to say it, you know, you say, all right, well, yeah, this guy, he's had a good spring. I feel a little bit better about him. We'll put, he'll be the starter going in, but you know, so-and-so, you know, he's had a great spring too. So they're going to roll, they're going to rotate. Well, you figure out series by series who's playing really good and who needs to play more. You know, at quarterback, you just, you can't rush that decision because, you know, we all know this, right? The quarterback, I mean, if you get good play out of that position, you got a chance to win every week. If you get poor play out of that position, is hard, so uh, you know you just gotta be patient with it. You gotta make sure you right this make the right decision for the team. You don't want to rush it, as you said. You anticipate this decision can you know continuing this competition continuing into into August and and then closer to kickoff, or is this something that might you know be be decided by the end of Saturday? You know, I I don't I don't think that right now you could call it to be honest with you, um, you know, and I, I think Ben and Chandler have separated themselves a little bit more, um, you know, from the rest of the crew now. And it's not that, that, that other, the younger group, right. Those guys are really, really talented. And, um, they do a lot of things that you get excited about. Um, but Ben and Chandler are just so much more, 
consistent and entrenched in the offense. But I do think that those guys, those younger guys that are that are in the mix, if they'll continue to to work at it and continue to to improve and um, understanding the system and understand all the ins and outs of it, that group's going to be really good too. Um, but I mean, you know, with, with Ben and Chandler, I feel really good that our starter for this year is probably one of those two. Um, but I just don't think, you know, between now and Saturday, I don't know what could happen that you would say, okay, you know, um, this is it. But, you know, I mean, there, there's you never write anything off. You never say never. So, you know, we'll keep playing it out and we'll see. But I would anticipate this probably going through the summer, to be quite honest with you. Sure. Yeah. And, and I know, as you said, like because of the nature of the position, it gets asked about more than other positions. So my next question it's not so much about quarterback, but just looking at the roster coach, and it may it may not be somebody, it may be one guy, maybe multiple guys, but you said that between, you know, it was the spring heading into your, your junior year where there was sort of a big jump. Has there been a guy that, you know, this spring you've kind of seen, okay, that that's a big jump. I mean, I saw, I've seen him play, but it, it feels like things are really starting to click for him right now. He's Maybe he's not thinking as much. Maybe he's just reacting, whatever it might be. That comfort level and that light bulb have just kind of come on for him? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, how much time you got? I think there's a bunch of guys. As much that, time as you, know, you want, Coach. You're, it's, it's Anytime you're on my show, you can have as much time as you want. <laughs> I appreciate that. You, your listeners might get tired of hearing about it. They might turn it off. It might kill your radio. Whatever. Uh, it's my show. I'll do what I want. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. Um, I mean, you know, it's got to be honest with you. Like, there's a bunch of guys that you're just so proud of, like, and, and you're so excited to see. You know, I mean, Nathan Thomas, right? Who's played a lot. You see him growing up and taking over. King McGowan, a guy who has not played a lot, um, has done some really good things this spring. You know, I mean, and, and look, I'm not saying these guys are, are, you know, all conference players right now. Some of them, you know, but they're doing some really good things and they're growing up. You know, George Jackson who came here as a mid-year senior, you know, he's growing up and maturing. Um, you know, you you kind of you talk about those running backs, that young group of running backs, they flash every day. Um, you know, at corner, I think Trey Amos is finally starting to feel like, you know, the door's open, right, and he's a starter now, and he's owning that role. Uh, you know, you go to those linebackers, you know, Quibb and, and Chris Moncrief. Well, shoot, those guys have been here a long time. They've waited their chance to go out there and go take over the group, and then, They've led them too, like the group behind me, Jasper Williams, Kendra Gant, um, you know, the freshman, Caleb Edwards, who's done a really good job. Uh, you know, you go down the list with that group, the young D line, um, you know, one of the best things that, that happened, you know, this spring is, is Zion, you know, has, has an injury that we knew he'd be out for spring. Um, Zion's taken thousands of reps over here. I know Zion can play. Well, that means that Mason Norseys gets more reps. That means that Jordan Lawson gets more reps. That means Nigel McGriff gets more reps. That means Marcus Weiser, who just got here, gets more reps. Um, when you go on and on and on and you see those guys, you know, that's a group that I always felt like had so much talent that we were just waiting on them to, to grow up and to mature and to take this role and to run with it. Um, so, you know, there, there's just – there's so many guys right now that you just feel like, wow, you know, this is, this is what we thought this guy was out of high school. And every kid develops at a different rate, you know, and that's the thing that, you know, they come in here and you have all this promise. And that's why I always say, I don't think you can ever count on a freshman to come in and fill an immediate need. I think you can be hopeful, certainly. Um, 
but everybody develops at a different rate, regardless of how talented they are. Um, you know, Zion is, 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 has been a great player for us on the defensive line. But, you know, if you would ask him his freshman year, he, he really wasn't ready to play. You know, I mean, he wasn't, you know, physically and, and, and probably maturity-wise, wasn't really ready to play. And, you know, he ended up kind of uh, having to have a, a, a knee scope done and probably saved him a year, really, um, and made us better, made him better in the long run. So, you know, it doesn't mean they're not a good player if they don't play in year one or year two. I mean, heck, I, I wasn't a starter till year three after I registered and sat for two years. So, you know, those things happen, and um, it's just fun when you start to see the light bulb click a little bit and guys that, you know, really didn't have a whole lot of, you know, shoot, I had some guys came talk to me and, you know, Coach, do you, do you think that I can play here? You know, should I stay or should I go? And you see them have a great spring, and so it's like, you know, th- there it is, right? You know, the light's clicking a little bit for them. So those things are uh, are always really uh, – it's really fun to see, and I think it's gratifying as a coach when you see it starting to happen. Yeah, it's got to be rewarding as a coach. Whenever whenever the mm-hmm. light bulb, you know, for lack of better terms, kind of turns on for him and you're seeing him take that big step that – you know, some players never get to that point, but a lot of players that sort of stay with it, at some point it happens. Uh, ESP and Lafayette, I think it was, man, was it, uh, it was Kevin Mawai, uh, not Kevin Mawai, Alan Fanick who's in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. I remember him talking about, man, like, you became a high school coach. Like, you've, you did well for yourself. Mm-hmm. It's not a money thing. What is it? He said, I got into coaching in high school. He wasn't a head coach at first because it's that moment when the light comes on and when you see it, it's hard to explain, but when right. you see it in a player, there's nothing more rewarding as a coach. He's like, that's why I do it. And I think that's really cool. 100%. And I think it's something that, you know, look, spectators, obviously we're looking at wins and losses. Right. And I, I enjoy the, the, the behind the scenes stories of a coach or a player, but, uh, and I think some fans do too, but there's, there's so much we never see that you guys see that you guys live and experience. And uh, my last right. thing for you, coach, is I'm sure that, a lot of the guys on Monday that competed in, in, in pro day, they had that moment in their careers where it kind of kind of came on, mm-hmm. whether it be Levi, whether it be Farad Gardner, whether it be Big Sauce, Taylor Humphrey. I could go on. A number of guys did it. But seeing um, eight different players, you know, for pro day at UL, having NFL, CFL, XFL, all having scouts there. Uh, I know you're kind of in the, in the thick of spring and there's a lot of other things happening, but – Pro day at UL, right? It 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 doesn't. It, it's different now than maybe it was twenty twenty five years ago, and that's not just because of UL. That's just because of the sport as a whole. But like, do you do you take a lot of pride in that? Is there part of you that when you see pro day and you see these guys, you know, putting on a show for guys that are scouting the next level as a head coach? I, I'm sure from a reward standpoint, as we're talking about it, that's got to be pretty rewarding too. Well, certainly it is. I mean, you know, every kid that comes here, they dream of playing the NFL. Um, and and we, we want them to because, you know, I, I think when people want more, right, and they have higher aspirations, you can coach them at a different level. And you can always come back to, is this really where you want to go? Then this is how you need to be coached. This is the feedback you need. And, um, you know, those guys you talked about, I mean, Levi Lewis, from the day Levi, and everybody, and I keep going back to it, everyone's development is different, right? Levi Lewis came in here day one, and he was like a fifth-year senior with his maturity and just his focus and his drive and his passion. There was never any doubt, okay? Chauncey Manack was a guy who 
really highly recruited out of high school, goes to one school, doesn't work out, goes to junior college, kind of got written off as a guy who really didn't want to do it the right way, didn't want to practice. And he got here, and he really didn't like the practice. Like, he didn't like the whole part of it. And after that first year he was here, it's like you start to see a change in Chauncey, and you saw him buy into the process and understanding that everything he did mattered. And he worked so hard. He became one of the best practice players we had. You know, and it's like you got both you got both ends of the spectrum, right? And it's just fun to see it all come together. And you see Chauncey, you know, the work that he did to get prepare himself for today, it wasn't just over three months. It was over three years. And you saw you see it all culminate into, you know, one day, one job interview. And when they go out there and have a great day, I mean, it just it's like there's no other way to say it. you're so proud and you're so happy for them. That's why we change our schedule because I want our current players to see it. You know, we want our current players to go out there and go see what that day looks like because they all want it at some point and they all are going to be in that situation at some point. And you see the guys who really prepared themselves well. And this year our kids did a great job and they showed up out there and they had a really good showing. Um, you know, obviously, there, I think there were 30 NFL teams here is what it ended up being at the end. Um, our guys were in great shape. They were ready to go, ready to perform. And, you know, it's just it, – it, it's a it's a proud moment when you get out there and, you know, you see their dreams. Like, this is what everyone dreams of. I mean, I'll never forget, you know, like I said, it was 13 years ago that, you know, that, that myself and, I, and my uh, graduating class got to go out there and do it. And it was the – it was, you know, the biggest day of my sports life at that point, you know. So it's uh, it's something that you just uh, – there's a lot of value in it. Um, it. It's kind of a motivating piece for our current players, and it's something that you know our guys that are participating in it have worked a long time for. And shout-out to long snappers, by the way. Bobby Hill, I mean, 19 reps on the bench, 32-inch vertical, 8-11 broad, 5.07, 40-yard. I mean, some someone asked me the other day, they're like, who's Bobby Hill? I'm like, he's a long snapper. And they were just looking at the yeah. numbers. They were like, oh, yeah, um, get one of those spots at the next level, man. You can you can do pretty well for yourself. So I know that you know fans yeah. certainly recognize all the other names, but if you didn't recognize Bobby Hill – Look at those numbers. I would say um, he's. I, I I don't know him personally, Coach, but that's pretty good for a long snapper when you're uh, when you're performing in front of scouts. Yeah, oh, Bobby. Bobby works hard too. I mean, the specialists. That's the thing. I mean, you know, specialists are like the group that you don't notice until something bad happens, right? So, you know, obviously they're an integral part of what we do, and um, you know they're expected to be experts and. And what they do, they're expected to go out there and go perform at a very high level. Because um, at the end of the day, you know, that group is, you know, they've got one chance to go out there and execute. There is no second down when you're talking about punt, you know. Hey, you got one shot to go out there and go make it work and go make it happen. So um, you don't get a chance to do it over again. So, uh, you know, those guys, I have a lot of respect for what they do. And Bobby worked really hard his craft and, you know, certainly did a great job for us last year. So to go out there and have a good day again, you're, you're, you're happy for him because, you know, he did a great job for us for, for a year that he was here. Vermillion and White spring game this Saturday at Cajun Field, 11 a.m. Admission is free. Um, coach, I will, uh, I will not be in the press box Saturday. Uh, my wife has some training. I will have all three of my kids, so say a prayer for me. I am attempting to bring all of them to, uh, to, the, to, the, to some of the games Saturday because i got to take it in. So uh, I don't know if you, if you see someone in the distance 
while you're coaching, uh, chasing someone down a hill, it might be me. But uh, but no, I'm looking forward to it, and uh, should be Good great night. weather, great time of year, and always look forward to our conversations, man. I appreciate you taking the time. I appreciate you having me, Scott. Thank you as always. All the best, Rage Occasion head football coach Michael Desimo. Good stuff. <laughs>